TII Item 240, September 12th, 2012. iPhone 5. It's official. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone to get your free audiobook download. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the music you hear in the background. Ben wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this music in GarageBand. Hope you like it. Regards, Ben from Iowa Stuff and Reviews. Well, thanks, Ben, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Gregory for sending in the artwork for today's show. Gregory wrote, Hi, Rob. This is an iPhone 4S screenshot opened on my iPad from PhotoStream, cropped slightly at the top with the photo app, and then recolorized with the Color Splash app. Regards, Gregory. Well, Gregory, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Gregory's artwork in the TII app and the extras for episode 240, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section. And I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com. Make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quotes, and there's two of them with regards to the original iPhone announcement, and they are two of my favorite quotes. Quote, there's no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. No chance. Steve Palmer, Microsoft CEO, 30th of April, 2007. And then the other classic quote with regards to the iPhone is, quote, How do you deal with that? How do they deal with us? Unquote. Ed Zander, Motorola CEO and chairman, 10th of May, 2007. Yep. And the rest is, as they say, history. Just saying. For promo codes, on episode 239, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Inspire Personal Productivity, as well as promo codes for the app Duez, D-U-E-Z, and the app Pro Football Radio and Live Scores. I will be giving out those promo codes sometime next week. So if you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 239 for additional details on those. This week, we have promo codes for two apps. The first app is Philosopher's Game. Here is the review from the dev. Hi, this is Del Brown, one of the developers for an iPad-only app, Philosopher's Game, just released September 7th. It's a long-forgotten chess-like game played between the 11th and 17th centuries. We based our game on rules written by Ralph Lever and William Folk in 1563. Here's a small excerpt. The most noble, ancient, and learned play called the Philosopher's Game, invented for the honest recreation of students and other sober persons in passing the tediousness of time to the release of their labors and the exercise of their wits. Set forth with such plain precepts, rules, and tables that all men with ease may understand it and most men with pleasure practice it. If you love chess or math, this game is for you. To capture your opponent's pieces, you use equality, subtraction, addition, multiplication, division for the icing on the cake, arithmetic, geometric, and musical proportions. Network gameplay includes Game Center turn-based gaming, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth. 
We're eager to get more people playing, so for you lucky promo code winners and buyers, please let us know what you hate, what's missing, what we can do to make your gameplay experience the best. Thanks. Dell, thanks for the review of your app, The Philosopher's Game, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios.gmail.com and put game in the subject line. Second app we have promo codes for is the app Check Me Out. Here is the promo from the dev. My name is Dr. Neil Spanier. I'm the creator of Check Me Out Posture Analyzer. This app was made to show the user how they appear in reality instead of reversed as they would appear with a mirror. It seems very silly and simple, yet you can't find non-reversing mirrors out there. What makes this app so special is not only can you see yourself non-reverse in live time, but you can write free-handed or draw lines of analysis on them. If you have a high ear or a high shoulder or a high hip, it usually means you have a posture imbalance. So me being a chiropractor, I could show patients their posture imbalances. I could take photos of x-rays I have on the view box. Then I could review the x-rays with them. I don't need a special x-ray pencil to draw on the x-rays now. And digital x-ray machines are very expensive, usually around $50,000. My app has a condition section at the bottom with eight common neck and back conditions with an x-ray example and a description of each condition. And my app finally has a specialist section where you can locate a doctor in your local area. Thanks, Neil, for the review of your app, Check Me Out, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Check Me Out in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails asking for multiple apps in the single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer... Email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. And when you send it in, please also include on those promo codes when they expire. So let me know when those promo codes expire. If you don't have promo codes to give away, or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can send in the 60-second or less review of your app, again, making sure to mention you up front, you are the dev, and we'll work it in on a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of a show. Some quick notes on today's episode. All the talk about the new iPhone and anything else announced at today's September 12th event is in the back half of the episode. The first half was actually recorded the night before so we could get the episode out as soon as possible after the event. So to all new listeners, welcome to the show. I highly encourage you to participate in the show by sending in feedback. The best way is to call in to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moon Dog. No, don't even ask what that stands for. Or you can record your feedback on your iOS device and email it to todayinios at gmail.com. And of course, you can also send in regular text email questions or answers to that address as well. Thanks for listening to the show, and of course, thank you very much for getting involved. Okay, and on with the show. Previously, we had talked about the UDIDs that the hacker stole and posted online. These were the million-plus UDIDs, and we talked about checking to see if yours was in there. We also mentioned that the hackers, that or hacker, that claimed that they stole it from an FBI computer. The FBI denied that this was the case and that they did not have this info to start with, Apple chimed in and said that Apple had not given said info to the FBI and the FBI had never requested that info, which left us wondering, 
Would the noble hacker actually lie about where they got the information from? Um, yep. The hacker actually stole it from Blue Toad Inc. They are an app development company in Florida that puts together a bunch of cookie-cutter apps for the iPad. They are basically magazines and catalogs like Snap-on Tools Catalog or Luxury Interiors or Men's Book or one of over 150 others, which are free apps. So if they're free apps, why do they need your UDID? Advertising, of course. They make sure they tailor ads for your specific device based on all the info they gathered from you based on past ad clicks or taps. Apple, for its part, in iOS 6, is doing away with UDIDs for a means of identifying users. Actually, they have already told devs to get those features out of your apps, and very soon apps will be required not to use UDIDs. In any case, if you search for Blue Toad, one word, you can see all their apps in the App Store, and you can check to see if you have any of those. So again, in this case, Apple and the FBI did nothing wrong, nor did they let anything happen on their watch. This is about a single app developer with lots of apps and lots of UDID information that pulled together a list of the UDIDs actually about 2 million of them, according to their own words, which were stolen by the hacker, not the 12 million the hacker originally claimed. So this hacker steals 2 million UDIDs from a company, and he somehow thinks, well, that's just not good enough. Let's tell everyone it's 12 million UDIDs, and rather than say he stole it from Blue Toad, he wants everyone to think he stole it from the FBI. Really? I kind of think most people would have been impressed with this guy if he had just said, hey, I stole 2 million UDIDs, and he put them up. Now, however, that he is said that he stole them from the FBI and he had 12 million and not 2 million, when the truth comes out, the hacker kind of looks a little bit pathetic. Just saying. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. In episode 239 of TII, a listener asked about a calculator with an undo function. I happen to have made such an app. It's called Calc, C-L-A, capital C. It is free on the App Store until September 21st. I made Calc for myself as I grew frustrated with Apple's built-in one. Please check it out in the App Store. That's C-L-A, capital C. Regards, Amini. Hey, Rob. It's Dick in Canada. Uh, I'm just um, sending an email with regards to the, the caller that was asking for a calculator app that uh, records all the previous numbers and whatnot. Um, where I work, I use a, um, an adding machine, which is like a, a calculator with the tape and all that stuff. So I'm, I use it so often that I can't even use a regular calculator anymore. Um, they just work so differently. So the app that I found that's very close to an adding machine and sounds like what he needs is called Digits, uh, D-I-G-I-T-S in the App Store. Um, the UI is a little kind of simple. It's not very pretty, but it works really well. Um, it's just not as pretty as the Apple uh, calculator. Hope that helps. Here are some more replies on the calculator apps. Hi, Rob. I use a calculator app that lets me go back and erase mistakes. It's called Calculator Plus Symbol by XNEAT. Regards, David L. in Mexico City. Another one. Hi, Rob. I use an app called Paper Calc Office, three words. 
It keeps a record of your inputs and the totals like an old paper calculator would do. I like it because I can easily check my work, verify I entered the correct numbers, and copy my previous totals if I made a mistake and don't want to have to do, redo the entire calculation. Regards, Jesse D. Hi, Rob. I found the best suite of calculators is called Power One. There are many different types of calculators from finance to medical to anything you need, including custom templates. I am also pretty sure there is a free calculator from Power One, which also has a history option. Regards, Quintus. Hi, Rob. Calculator app that you can use to see prior mistakes and make changes is Digits. It rocks. Regards, Michael Miller. And finally, Hi Rob, I use the app HiCalc Pro. I think there is a free version and it has a scientific calculator that stores the history of what you've done. It shows all the numbers you've added together that which can be edited as well. I find this app real useful as an engineer because it's also an all-in-one app that has many other functions too. Regards, Eric in shirts. Well, thanks to all that sent in thoughts on the Calc apps. And to summarize, here are the following apps to choose from. Calc, that's C-A-L capital C, created by fellow TII listener. Calculator Plus with a plus symbol at the end. Paper Calc Office, three words. Power One, one word. Digits, recommended by a couple of people. And High Calc Pro, with Pro being a separate word and High Calc being one word. Again, thanks to all that sent in info on that. Links in the show notes to all the apps mentioned here. And you can find the show notes at todayinios.com for episode 240. Hi, Rob. Thomas from Malibu. I listened to your uh, most recent podcast, and the uh, app that syncs on multiple devices is called, for a to-do list, is called Any To-Do, A-N-Y-T-O-D-O. It works on my iPhone and my iPad, and it syncs through Evernote also. Works really good, and um, can't meet it. Bye. Thomas, thanks for the voicemail, and here's an email with regards to this. Hi, Rob. I use Google Calendars and Toodledo on my PC. These are both free, and I then use Pocket Informant on my iPhone and set it up to sync with the Google Calendars and Toodledo. Pocket Informant is a bit pricey, but I love it. Anything added to your calendar and the app is automatically added to your iPhone calendar so events appear in your notification center. I just wish it did it for tasks due that day too. The reason I use Toodledo and Google Calendar is that whilst my daughter has an iPhone, my son and husband have Android phones and these online tools means that I can have calendars and tasks synced on all our phones. Now all I need to do is train my husband and children to do the tasks they are supposed to be doing. Regards, Mandy M. in Perth, Scotland. Mandy, thanks for the feedback. Per getting your husband and kids to do the tasks they are supposed to be doing, you may want to check out the app I Hold Breath. It's a $2.99 app in the App Store. Okay, one more email on this question on the syncing of lists. Hi, Rob. I found having a Gmail account set up on both iPhones with the password known to both husband and wife works to automatically sync to both calendars, also works with notes and reminders, and of course, email. I found this helped me a lot, and your listener may want to give this a try. Regards, Toes and O. Again, thanks to all that sent in info on syncing notes. Next up, hi Rob. In episode 239, Peter wanted to know of an app that he could use to manage inventory in a restaurant and use the app to place orders via email, etc. to his vendors. 
Miss N Place, M-I-S-E-N-P-L-A-C-E, three words, is just the app he is looking for. I'm a pastry chef in Sacramento, California, and I use the app Miss N Place, which is a French cooking term meaning things in place. The app allows you to set up multiple inventories with multiple purveyors. There's a database in the app for you to create your master order guide. You can also input your own items that are not in the database. You can set individual par levels for each item in your order guide. The app will allow you to do your inventory for each purveyor or for each location in your kitchen. You can then generate an order from the par levels that you have established and then email that order to a designated contact. It's kind of a tedious app to set up, but it does save time in the long run. Unfortunately, it is not available for the iPad. At $10, it's a bit pricey, but at this point, I can't live without it. Regards, Chris from Sacramento. Chris, thanks so much for the feedback. It's amazing when people come in with really obscure requests, I'm thinking there's no way there's gonna be an app for that. And then one of you guys proves me wrong, or girls, one of you listeners proves me wrong by sending in an exact app to meet exactly what that person was looking for. So again, Chris, thanks for mentioning about Miss and Place. Per the caller on the last show, mentioning the $250 price adder to the subsidized price for the next iPhone, thanks to all that sent an info on this. And that is basically that you need to make a call via your iPhone if you're on AT&T, star 639 pound. And I made a call to star 639 pound from my iPhone and got back the following text from AT&T that a full discount was not available, which is not surprising since I purchased the iPhone 4S in November when I was first eligible last year to get the iPhone for us. And now AT&T is saying to get a new iPhone or phone, I need to pay the subsidized price, sign up for a new two-year commit, plus pay another $250 for a special fee, plus then a $36 upgrade fee, because you know the $250 upgrade fee on its own was just not enough. But if I want to wait until June 14th, 2013, then I can get the $250 fee waived, but not the $36 fee. Again, to check on your iPhone on AT&T to see when you are eligible to upgrade without that $250 fee, dial star 639 pound on your phone, make the phone call, not a text, not from the messaging app, but from the phone, star 639 pound, and you should get a text back rather quickly with your status. Again, thanks to all that sent in feedback on this one. Into the email bag? Hi Rob, I will be unlocking my iPhone 4 next month. I came across this AT&T web form to submit the request to do the unlock. And then it's a very unhuman friendly URL, which is HTTP S colon forward slash forward slash www.att.com slash device unlocked slash client slash EN underscore US with US being capital slash question mark there. Anyway, regards, Stephen in Houston. And folks, you can find that link, obviously, in the show notes for episode 240 over at todayinios.com. And Stephen, thank you for the link. And it is a link to the device unlock portal on the AT&T site, which, again, you can find the link in the show notes for episode 240. Look for the one titled AT&T Customer Device Unlock Form. It is being reported as well that AT&T is allowing the unlocking of iPhones that are still on contract. It seems the biggest requirement is that your account must be in good financial standings or no soup for you.
back into the news. An end to one of the stranger court cases I've heard about regarding an iOS device is finally at hand. Seems that a person in Australia had his iPad stolen. He also had Find My iPhone feature enabled, and it said his iPad was at a specific house. He tried getting the police to go around, but couldn't get them to follow up without more evidence. Because, you know, the fact his stolen iPad was showing where it was currently located was not somehow proof enough. So the victim in this case did what most of us would have done, which I would have done as well, which I do not recommend you do, by the way. Uh, He went to the house in question. He then used the Find My iPhone feature to set off the alarm on his iPad, which he then was able to hear going off in the garage. He called the police, and this time they listened and went to the crook's house and recovered the stolen iPad and a bunch of other stolen property. And so far, all sounds pretty normal, except we have lawyers involved. And the one for the crook was like right out of a Breaking Bad episode. The crook's lawyer claimed the victim had actually electronically trespassed by sending out the Find My iPhone alarm signal. Luckily, the judge, or actually chief magistrate in this case, had her BS meter turned on and said, um, no. The judge said the claims were absurd and the victim could have just as likely been calling out to a kidnapped child listening for a reply. Good for you, Chief Magistrate Lorraine Walker, for showing common sense does actually exist sometimes in a courtroom. Switching gears, there's an article over on Cult of Mac talking about the difference in iPad sales and Android tablet activations, or more specifically, the very small number of Android activations that are tablets. Right now, about 70,000 of the 1.3 million activations daily for Android are for tablets, or that's about 5% of Android activations are for tablets, or less than a third of what the iPad does. Uh, The article also tries to say it was because Android was late out the gate with a good OS version for tablets, and goes on to claim this was because Steve Jobs and Apple kept all info about the iPad away from the thief, double agent, and former board member, Eric Schmidt. However, I disagree. I say the key difference on why iOS is kicking Android's butt on the only real level playing field, the unsubsidized world of tablets, is, well, the reason is simple, because iOS is a better UI than OS. This goes back to my theory that the main reason people buy so many Android phones is they are cheap, and they are just buying a phone to make a phone call, and it happens to be an Android phone. Or put another way, people buy Android phones because they just need a phone. People get iPhones because they need much more than a phone. And with tablets, you obviously really need much more than a phone. Hi, I'm Philip Burton, the developer of Discover Films for iTunes. Discover Films for iTunes um, came about to meet a personal need um, I was be- as I was becoming increasingly frustrated looking for the best film to rent from iTunes. All I wanted was someone to tell me what the best film was to rent at the moment. Um, it's a refreshingly different way to discover great new movies that you might have missed or overlooked. The app itself cuts straight to the chase um, and it's very clear cut. It orders films by their Rotten Tomatoes audience ratings which allows it to show you the best films to rent on iTunes now. You can go into as much or as little detail as you want You can go to the Reviews tab, you can watch trailers, look at the poster, read synopsis, you can find out what the critics thought, read individual reviews, or you can get an overall audience or critics ratings. You can also open up the Twitter feed to find out what people are saying about each film on Twitter. If you want to find out um, what the best films are to rent from iTunes now, Discover Films on iTunes um, is an iPhone-only app, um, which you might want to 
download and have a look for yourself. Thanks very much. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I have a Sprint iPhone 4S. Since I updated to 5.1.1, my visual voicemail no longer works. Sometimes a voicemail will appear but can't play messages. Other times the messages just vanish. I contacted Sprint and they blame the issue on Apple software. I next went to the local Apple store. They blame this on Sprint's network, but did a hard reboot and then a restore. This fixed the problem. However, the other day, I started back with the same problem again. I was hoping someone in your audience had the same problem and came up with a solution. Regards, Mike in Moon Township, PA. Mike, I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out to the listeners. If anyone has any suggestions for Mike about what might be going wrong with his visual voicemail on Sprint, if you had the same issue and then got it resolved, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-BoonDog, or just shoot us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, any chance the 5 in the invite has to do with the height of the new phone, as in inches? Regards, Woody. Well, Woody, my guess was that it would have to do with how many devices or things that were announced at the event. And of course, we will get into that later in the show. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I would like to know if a black wallpaper saves more power than using a white wallpaper. Regards, Trey. Hi, Trey. No, the power draw is from the backlight of the screen, which is active regardless of if you have white wallpaper or a black one. You want to save power? Just put the iPhone to sleep. But the color of your iOS device's wallpaper has no bearing, none, on battery life. Regards, Rob. Now, of course, someone thinks I'm wrong on that. Let me know, and then in the next episode, I'll get into some really boring details about how these screens work. But just to let you know, it's not an OLED screen. It's a TFT screen, IPS screen, and it works different than OLED. OLED, it would make a difference, but what we have for iOS devices... Again, they're backlit, and that's where the power consumption comes from, not regardless to what color it is. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Back in April of this year, my wife was involved in a bad audio accident that has left her with quadriplegia. And to this date, she is still in a rehab hospital. She has limited movement of both arms, but no movement of her fingers of either hand. Because she cannot move her fingers... She cannot press the home button on either the iPhone or her iPad, making it calls impossible for her, again, because she can't press and hold the home button, which would activate Siri. I am aware of the accessibility assistive touch features of the iPhone, but again, the on-screen buttons are too small for her to accurately and consistently hit with her knuckles. Forget about trying to create and use custom gestures under the assistive touch heading. I have been to my local Apple store and evil, even the Apple employees are baffled by this. When my wife needs to call for a nurse in the hospital, she has a special button that she can just hit with her hand. It is a rubber or plastic disc that is about three inches in diameter and three eighths of an inch thick. It just plugs into the same jack that the normal call button plugs into. My thinking is that why can't there be a similar device that can attach to the iPhone, iPad, either Bluetooth or cable connection to the headphone jack. Uh, with a device like that, if she wants to make a call, she presses the big button, Siri activates, and she's off and running. Same thing with an incoming call. Just hit the button. I have not been able to find such a device. Again, Apple Store employees have been no help at all. I'm hoping that you or your listeners know of a company or source for such a device. Regards, Mike and West Warwick, Rhode Island. Hi, Mike. 
first off, my thoughts are with you and your wife uh, with regards to her recovery. The best suggestion might just be taking an Apple headphone and splicing together that with the big red button so that when she hits the red button, it registers as the home button via the headset. As you can use the button on your headphones to trigger Siri, and with iOS 6, Siri gets even more features. Of course, if anyone knows of a solution like this pre-made, please let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Your help on this one out there, folks, is greatly appreciated. Mike, one more thought on this. You may want to check to see if there's a local maker fair that's been recently in your area or coming up and take a look at the vendors and see if there's anyone in there that specialized with electronics and soldering and contact one of those people, one of the vendors, to see if they could splice this together for you. Again, you should be able to splice together a the red button with the headphone jack to make it act as if you're hitting the home button uh, on your headphone buds which would then activate Siri. So again, it's really a matter of if you can't find something pre-made out there, if no one knows of anything, uh, getting in contact with someone locally to splice this together for you. Yeah, just listen to your most recent podcast. I wanted to leave uh, my thoughts. I, I don't think the iPhones coming out is going to have a number. I think it's just going to be called the iPhone 12, uh, whatever, but it's not going to have a number. It's just my uh, thoughts on it. They've uh, started a trend, I think, with the iPad not numbering them, and I don't think they're going to, you know, make this any different. It's my personal thought. Enjoy the show. Thank you very much for what you do. Bye-bye. This next Kickstarter project actually comes recommended by Laura in Nashville, whom has her own Kickstarter project currently looking for funding, which is iKid. But today we're talking about Everpurse, which is essentially a purse, or a few purses, that have a battery backup in them that you plug your iPhone into when not using. But the interesting thing is the purse battery is wirelessly recharged or inductively charged if you prefer to call it that. So you just lay your purse or your wife's purse on the recharging mat. They have a goal of 100K. They have raised over 25K and have until October 13th at 10 p.m. to hit their goal. Pricing right now ranges from $99 to $169 for the purses, and the charging mat is included with that. To find this one, search for Everpurse, one word, at Kickstarter. And also, don't forget about iKid from Laura. You only have until September 15th for that project, so please help Laura out. Thanks to Michael S. for the heads up on this next one, which is that the new YouTube app is out from Google. This replaces the one going away when iOS 6 launches. To get the app, which of course is free, just search for YouTube in the App Store. The app icon does not look near as good as the original app icon, by the way. Okay, that aside, the app is much different UI than the original one. And I know a lot of people complain that the original had not been updated. I'm guessing all these people complained prior to using this new update. In a nutshell, the new version, well, it kind of, sort of, okay, very much sucks, in my opinion at least from, again, my opinion, from my perspective, of having used the old version for the past five years. The new version just does not do it for me. I am going to really miss the original version. Now, for some reason, in iTunes, the new version is getting four-star reviews on average. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
Let me know if you prefer the new YouTube app or the old YouTube app. Not that it'll matter much, because as iOS 6 is going to pretty much nuke the old version, at least until there's a jailbreak, and then you'll be able to go back and install this old version again. Uh, I guess there is one advantage of the new version. It can have ads, which is not a real advantage on its own, but it means some videos that are from major media companies, i.e. music vids, these were not in the old YouTube app, but are in the new one because of the ad support. Kind of feeling like an old crumungeny here. Ah, change. I don't like change. I want things to stay the same, but... I use the YouTube app quite a bit, and uh, you know I try to find spoof videos and other things. And trying to use the new one, again, it just didn't do it for me. Let me know your thoughts. I want to take a moment now to thank today's sponsor, which is Audible. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, you can get a free audiobook of your choosing. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 titles to choose from. If you like listening to audio... Audible has a ton of great content to choose from covering every genre you can think of. Right now, the wife and I are catching up on the Tudors on Netflix. And if you are already caught up, maybe you want to check out the Tudors in Audible. This is another 24 hours and 34 minutes of very interesting story of the Tudors, starting with King Henry VII through King Henry VIII and then his children. What the TV show does not go over is how Henry VIII's dad, Henry VII, took power in England, and that is covered in this book, plus more. So again, if you're already caught up on the Tudors and want to know a little bit more about what happened with them and see, you know, does it mash up to what was in the TV show, go and check out the Tudors on Audible, and you can get this book for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash iPhone and signing up for a new account. That's right. If you want the tutors or any other story that Audible has, over 100,000 to choose from, you could do so on us by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone for your free audiobook download. Offer is good to just those in the U.S. and Canada. Thanks, Audible, for sponsoring the show. And folks, please send in any Audible book recommendations you may have. Hi, Rob. This is Shelley calling from Canada. This is in response to Peter, who is a kitchen manager and was looking for an app of some kind that he placed food orders with his different suppliers. And I think a really good option would be an app called Grocery Gadget, which is available in the App Store. There's a free version and two premium versions. He can set up different lists, and so it would make great sense to have one for each supplier. He can add new items, or he can just add items that are already in their fairly large database of things that you find in a grocery store. He can add prices. He can add quantities, such as eggs are sold in dozens, bagels are typically sold in dozens, that kind of thing. There's one tab for preparing, which is where you add the quantities. There's another tab for shopping, which is where you put a check mark to indicate that you've actually picked up the item. From the prepare side or the shop side, you can send yourself an email with a list of things where you have added a quantity indicating it's going to be on your shopping list for that supplier for that order. And if you go into the shop tab and check it all off, you get a running total. So you would very easily be able to see how much the, the uh, total is that the supplier is going to charge him for what he's ordering. You can also use the barcode scanner, which I think is only available in the uh, premium versions. 
and that might be a really quick way for him to get new items into the app, uh, into the list, because he could scan existing things. There's also a web interface. If he has a lot of entering to do, he might wish to do that on the web interface, which would then sync back down to the app. So grocery gadget, and I think that could be a really good solution for him. Thanks. Shelly, thanks for the feedback on Grocery Gadget. Into the email back. Hi, Rob. I'm wondering if you or any of your listeners may know of a way to select all or delete all photos on the camera roll. It can be a jailbroken app or function as well. Typically, you could sync to iPhoto and delete all, which works well on my Mac, but on the work computer, it is a Windows XP machine and does not give this option. So I'm wondering if there is a way to delete the camera roll from the phone and or quickly select all photos to do so. Thanks, Nick P. And I'm going to send this one out to our jailbreaking audience. If anyone out there on the, because this is going to have to be a jailbreak, because there's no way to do this if it's not jailbroken that I know of directly from the iPhone. If anyone out there knows of a way to, with a jailbreak tweak, to delete out, or maybe there's a way without a jailbreak tweak, but if anyone knows of a way on your iPhone to directly delete all the cameras out of your photo roll, on your iPhone without having to connect it to the computer, sync, and then delete it that way, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag, and this is a review for one of the apps we gave away in the promo segment a while back. Hi, Rob. Here's a review of college football radio and live scores. I'm a big UCLA fan, my alma mater, but live in North Carolina and rarely get the opportunity to see them play on TV anymore. I have typically used the app Sportacular to follow the games remotely, but it doesn't give you any actual game audio, only updates. Since downloading college football radio and live scores, I got my college games back. It is a simple app to, uh, that allows you to quickly choose your team and both listen and save your favorite radio stations. It, it works very quickly getting your station within a few seconds. It will list teams based on top 25 and through conferences, notify you in advance the schedule of who your team is playing and the time. There are no additional bells and whistles like social connections to other listeners, rankings within conferences, or detailing the team's wins, losses, or any other additional information. The app simply, easily, and quickly gets you to the game you want to listen to. It's certainly worth 99 cents to hear the games. Regards, Brent. Well, Brent, thanks for the feedback on College Football Radio and Live Scores app. Hey, Rob. My name's Brian. I wanted to thank you for your TII app. I finally downloaded it after listening to your show for a little over a year. I really enjoy it. and You've done a great job with it. I just wanted to thank you. Brian, thanks for the feedback. And folks, you can find the TII app in the App Store by searching for TII. It's the official app of the Today in iOS podcast. It's just $2.99, has push notifications, and is the best and easiest way to consume the show right away whenever a new episode is put out. And of course, to get breaking news via push notifications like we did today, or I'm assuming we did today because I'm recording this when it's actually yesterday and not today. But regardless of what day you're listening, rest assured, there was a day when push notifications were sent out with breaking news. All right, we're almost into the goodness of today's September 12th announcements. To put how much I think about this stuff, I had a dream on Monday night. I was at the Apple event, and prior to the kickoff, had a chance to talk with Tim Cook. And all he wanted to talk about was the custom back on my current iPhone with the glowing logo and Steve Jobs in the Apple. 
And then afterwards in my dream, I called Ken Ray over at Mac OS Ken and was telling him how cool it was to meet Tim Cook. Yeah, the build-up to these events is taking its toll on me. Hey, Rob, this is Joe calling from Orlando, Florida, with a question for you and or some of the listeners. I am going to be visiting India coming up in November, and I now have an unlocked iPhone 3G that I would like to use while I am there. Does anyone have any tips and or suggestions as to what I would need to do to use it as a phone and also possibly with the data while I'm visiting the, the country? I'll be in more than one city, so I'm not sure if that makes any difference or not. I've tried looking online, and there's a lot of information, but not a lot of it really is making sense to me. So if someone has already done this or knows pretty much the steps, I'd love to hear what I would need to do. Or it's just getting a cheap Go phone and getting a SIM card and just using it as a phone when I get there, the only way or the most uh, simple way to do it. I hope to hear some information soon, and I like the show a lot. Well, have a great day. Thanks a lot. Once again, I really enjoy the show. Joe, thanks for contacting us. First thing you need to know about is this website, www.unlockit.co.nz slash Unlock it. So www.unlockit.co.nz slash unlock it. And there you need to get an APN changer. So you need to pull down the APN for your phone that's going to match up with the carrier that you want to use in India. And if you go through and you can find, uh, you'll find India there as an option and you'll see the different carriers. So you got to figure out which carrier you want to use per which carrier to use in India. I'll let some of the listeners out there take a pick, but if anyone has done this or is in India and can recommend which is the best carrier, cheapest carrier to use an iPhone 3G on, please let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. But again, the big thing here is you got to get the APN changer, and you have to do that. You have to go to unlockit.co.nz slash unlockit. Hey, Rob. It's Mike from Canada, and uh, I've got a question around two Apple IDs. So my wife has one, and I have one. And of course, they're different. So she downloads and pays for apps, and I do as well. But of course, we pay for the different apps. So how do I rectify this duplication and not have to pay to buy the same app twice? Question. Well, Mike, the easiest way would have been to start with the same Apple IDs. Now, maybe you guys were dating and then got together and just were recently married and you both had your purchases, in which case you got to pick one of them and do all your future purchases from the one that you can share with multiple devices. But if anyone knows of a way, and I really don't know of one, but if anyone knows of a way to bring together apps purchased on one Apple ID with another Apple ID. In other words, merging two unique Apple ID accounts into one so that you can then share those apps amongst multiple devices, I think up to five devices. Uh, if anyone knows of a way to do that, please let us know. Send us in an email or give us a call. But again, Mike, I think what you're going to have to do is bite the bullet, figure out who has the most apps already purchased and which one has, and, and make sure those are the, the ones that you really need the most, and switch over to the other device to start using that Apple ID. Hi, Rob. My quick two cents on the controversy over what the new iPhone will be called. Not a big deal at all. I don't care about it, and it won't affect the user experience one bit. If people want to freak out about something, freak out about iOS 6 downgrading to an inferior mapping system. That's something to be concerned about. Regards, Brent in Chicago. Hi, Brent. Good point. And on that note, let's get into the September 12th event. 
actually a few hours before the event, it became apparent the iPhone 2012 was actually going to be called the iPhone 5, which is now the official name. This became apparent when searches on Apple.com found references to the soon-to-be press release about the iPhone with the title or URL www.apple.com slash PR slash library slash 2012 slash 9 slash 12 Apple dash introduces dash iPhone dash 5 dot HTML. While the link itself did not work, it was pretty clear the name was going to be the iPhone 5. And when Tim Cook and team took stage, that was confirmed. Per the event, it started out with the typical rah-rah, go-team type announcements, talking about Apple stores, new ones, new countries, 280 stores overall, and in 13 countries now, or at least as of this Friday when they open up in their 13th country. The obligatory Mac outgrowing PC and sales growth figures were thrown up there for the past six years. They've done this every quarter. And then they repeated on the iPad sales from Q2 quarterly conference call that the tablet share is now, or at least the tablet share from April to June uh, on the iPad was 68% of the market. Uh, so Tim had a slide up on that. But the iPad itself accounted for 91% of web traffic, which Tim then said he did not know what these other tablets were doing. Quote, they must be in warehouses or store shelves or maybe in someone's drawer, unquote, which I guess got some laughs from the audience. Then he talked about now over 250,000 apps specifically for the iPad. He mentioned there are over 700,000 iOS apps overall and that 90% of those 700,000 apps get at least one download a month and that the average user downloads over 100 apps now. And then he turned the mic over to Phil Schiller to talk about the new iPhone, to which he officially announced the iPhone 5 name. Ugh. Okay, Rob, get used to the name. It's a done deal. You gotta move on. He then showed it, and not to anyone's surprise, it was what had been leaked in the images before. It looks just like that uh, goofoon out of China. Expect some legal issues there. It is a metal back. It is all aluminum and glass, 7.6 millimeters thin, 18% thinner than the iPhone 4S. It is 112 grams in weight, 20% lighter than the 4S. It has the 4-inch screen expected as well, and 1136 by 640 screen resolution. That's a 16 to 9 aspect ratio. There is now an extra row of icons. So it is five rows of four apps across plus the sixth row for the dock. So you get a whole extra row uh, each screen. It does have the rumored Incel touching sense tech for the screen, making it even more accurate on touches and a thinner screen to boot. As also expected and needed, it is LTE. The LTE works in a bunch of countries in the U.S. with AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint. In Canada, LTE works with Bell, Rogers, Talos, Fido, Virgin, and Kudu. There are other countries in Europe and Asia with LTE compatibility as well. More on that in the near future. It has a new A6 processor, which Apple claims is two times faster CPU than the A5 and two times faster graphics than the A5. Battery life is about on par with the 4S. Eight hours of 3G talk time, eight hours of 3G or LTE browsing, 225 hours of standby. Again, pretty much a wash on battery life when you compare it to the 4S, 
but still very impressive for an LTE device. Per the camera, it is and remains an 8 megapixel camera with a 5 element lens just as with the 4S, but there are some improvements. Dynamic or dynamic low light mode, precision lens alignment. Hey, does that mean the 4S lens was not aligned precisionly? And the 5S camera has a sapphire crystal lens because you know that sounds so cool. And well, because quote, sapphire is renowned for being hard to and crystal clear and hard to scratch. Unquote. Phil also claimed photo capture is 40% faster, which by the way, the 4S capture speed was pretty darn quick to start with. So that's pretty impressive that they even sped it up by another 40%. And with the iPhone 5, they added Panorama, which will let you take Panorama photos. Also looks like Panorama is a software feature, which will migrate its way to the 4S as well. So uh, when you upgrade to iOS 6, Panorama will be there for those of you that have the 4S. Overall, the improvements in the camera seem minor versus the 4S. Not nearly as big a jump as from the 4 to the 4S. But if you're going from the 4 to the 5, you'll be very happy. Per video recording, you can now take photos while recording video. Okay, cool feature. You know, you want to be taking a video of your kid and uh, when they're singing happy birthday and you get that perfect moment to take a picture. I can see that one being used, so I like that feature. And there is improved video stabilization that, unlike the Nokia 920, does not require a guy in a van. Just saying. FaceTime camera is now 720p HD with backside illumination and face detection. So some improvements to the front facing camera. There are now three mics, bottom, front, and back. And the speaker has been improved on the bottom, but still mono speaker. And as feared expected for some time, it is now a nine pin smaller dot connector. The 30 pin dot connector is gone. Say hello to lightning. That is the name of the connector tech to go along with Thunderbolt on the Mac. How cute. Thunder and lightning. It is an all-digital reversible connector, which is nice. I do like the fact that you can plug a connector in either way. How many times have you, you know, almost every time you go to plug a 30-pin dot connector, if you don't look for the little box, you're going to usually get it wrong. So it does not matter how you plug it in. It'll work. As also expected, they have a 30-pin to 9-pin dongle adapter so that you can still use your 30-pin chargers out there, but you have to carry around this awkward and bulky-looking dongle. It will be available in either black or white. That's the iPhone 5. Pricing, as expected, stays the same. $199 for 16 gig, $299 for 32, $399 for 64 gig, with a two-year contract, of course. iPhone 3GS is dead, gone, no more. Stick a fork in it. iPhone 4 with 8 gig is now the free phone, and the 4S with 16 gig is the $99 phone. Pre-orders start on September 14th with launch on September 21st. Available on the 21st in the US, Canada, UK, France, Germany, Australia, Japan, Hong Kong, and Singapore. Start shipping to more countries on September 28th. We'll talk about those countries at a later date. And then by December, it will be available in over 100 countries on 240 carriers. No word yet on where the headphone jack is, but there is one photo showing the power button on the top side, but no hole for the phone. So it seems the headphone jack will be on the bottom. I'll 
do some more looking at that before we finish this episode and I'll get an answer for you. iOS 6 will be available for download on September 19th. So that was pretty much what we figured. Are you going to be the 18th or 19th? It'll be the 19th for everyone who wants iOS 6. Get it early or wait until um, a few days after the 21st, but don't get it on the 21st. Next up was a new iPod Nano. And well, guess what? It's not a watch. It doesn't work with your iPhone as a watch. And we're just going to skip over that as it does not run iOS and it doesn't work with your iPhone. After that, they talked about the iPod Touch. The new 5th gen iPod Touch is thinner and lighter, just 6.1 millimeters thick and 88 grams on weight. It has the same 4-inch retina screen from the iPhone 5. It has the A5 processor. It still has both a front and rear camera, and now there is an LED flash. The camera on the back is a 5-megapixel camera with sapphire crystal and 5-element lens. So essentially, it's the same camera as the back of the iPhone 5, except it's 5 megapixels on the iPod Touch 5th Gen versus 8 megapixels on the iPhone 5. Front camera is 720 HD camera, which is the same as the iPhone 5 front camera. Same Wi-Fi as with the iPhone 5. And it has Siri. So yes, iPod Touch will support Siri. It has what they are calling the Loop or iPod Touch Loop, which is a wrist strap. Yes, couldn't call it the iPod Touch wrist strap, but yes, the iPod Touch Loop. And that iPod Touch Loop or wrist strap connects to the bottom corner of the iPod Touch, uh, good for kids. And now the iPod Touch comes in colors multiple colors, five different colors to be specific, and the loop is color-coordinated to match with your iPod Touch. The new iPod Touch 5th Gen will be available in October, starting at $299 for the 32-gig version and $399 for the 64-gig version. If you want a cheaper iPod Touch, the 4th Gen iPod Touch is sticking around at $249 for 32-gig and $199 for 16-gig versions. The new iPod Nano, it is $149, also available in October, but we're not talking about it. And remember those new rumored earbuds we talked about recently on the show? Yeah, well, rumored no more, as they turned out to be the real deal, with Apple announcing the new earbuds available today. So to wrap up, looking at the iPhone 2012 bingo card, the new iPhone is called the iPhone 5. It has LTE. There are new earbuds. It has a metal back. It is thinner and lighter. It has a 4-inch screen, an A6 processor, HD video, front camera. has the new 9-pin uh, dock connector, 9 if you count ground, uh, which, of course, they are now calling Lightning, as mentioned earlier. It has the in-cell touchscreen technology. has the headphone jacks now on the bottom. I was able to confirm that in the video that Apple put up right after their announcement. It does show the headphone jack is now on the bottom of the iPhone. It has a sapphire crystal lens cover so that it's clearer and less scratch resistant. What we are not sure about yet is how much RAM it will have, but I would say it has to be at least one gigabyte. Not sure if it has a nano SIM card. Oh wait, actually we are. It does have a nano SIM card. And um, I found that out after I wrote that, sorry. And not sure if it will be on China Mobile, which to me is the biggest news or lack thereof uh, for Apple stock, that is. It does not have a higher res camera. It will not be on T-Mobile, not yet at least. And per the bingo card, we did get 
three bingos uh, across the top row, uh, down the second column, and diagonally across from the bottom left to the top right. Uh, still have a chance for one more, depending on what we learn about the uh, RAM and China Mobile. My overall impression, it is a nice upgrade, but not as big an upgrade as, say, from the iPhone 4 to the 4S. So the 4S, to me, was a bigger upgrade. What, you say? But Tim Cook and Leo Laporte said it was a bigger increase than the 4S. And Leo said the 4S was just a minor update. Uh, yeah. Read my post on that from October last year, or better yet, read the post I'm going to put up later today, where I compare all the new specs for the 4, 4S, and 5 when they were announced versus the previous generation, and then I score them. What I did was say each new feature could have a score of 1, 2, or 3, 1 being a minor improvement for the end user, 2 being a mid-level improvement, and 3 being a big improvement for the UI of the device. For example, on the iPhone 4, the Retina display gets a plus 3, but the 4-element lens a plus 1, and the 720p video recording gets a plus 2. When I did this for the past three generations, the iPhone 4 had a score of plus 30, the 4S had a score of plus 29, and the new iPhone 5, it has a score of plus 25. And that was with me giving a zero on the 9-pin dock connector. Really, if you're going from any previous iPhone to the fifth generation, or the iPhone 5, sixth generation, iPhone 5, that is, the new dock connector should be a minus two or three. And the headphone jack on the bottom should be another minus two or three. So if I did minuses, the iPhone 5 would be getting a score of about 20. Again, this just comparing from the last gen to the next gen. If you currently have an iPhone 4, yes, the iPhone 5 is a big jump up. And going from anything prior to the iPhone 4 or an Android device is the difference between heaven and Hades. But going from a 4S to a 5 is a much smaller jump than a year ago when people went from a 4 to the 4S, in my opinion, and well, per my scoring. So that is why I will be waiting for the iPhone 2013 before I upgrade from my iPhone 4S. Let me know your thoughts. And actually, let me, I have one voicemail message that already came in. I'm going to play that. And uh, this is from Mike in Richmond. Hey, Rob. This is Mike from Richmond. Um, I'm calling with my opinions about Apple's announcement today. I'm very excited about the iPhone 5, as I'm sure most of your listeners are. Everything was pretty much as expected. The only thing I'm, that was kind of a surprise is the incredible battery life. Ten hours on Wi-Fi, eight hours of talk time, close to the iPad. I'm very impressed with that and very excited to be pre-ordering on Friday. Now I just have to decide which company I'm going to go with because I'm completely out of contract with AT&T, so I might be switching. My opinions on the iPods are kind of hit and miss. I'll probably end up picking up a shuffle for my workouts. I was hoping that the Nano wouldn't be larger and they would incorporate things into the the existing version of the of the Nano, much like the Pulse Watch that everyone is raving about. But other than that, you know, I'm very excited about the iPhone 5. I look forward to the show. Mike, thanks for your feedback. And folks, if you have any feedback that you would like to share on today's announcements on anything iOS, iPod Touch, iPhone related, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Here are a couple emails that came in with regards of today's announcements. Hi, Rob. 
the new iPod Nano is going to be the best thing that ever happened to the Pebble. Very let down by this. Guess I'll have to buy that ugly Pebble. Regards, Rob in Hebron, Kentucky. Hi, Rob. I'm guessing that the Pebble folks are breathing a sigh of relief that the new Nanos are not watch-shaped. Regards, Matt S., Winsome-Salem, North Carolina. Well, Rob and Matt, yep, I'm imagining the folks at Pebble are pretty darn happy right now by today's announcement. And anyone who pre-ordered a Pebble is pretty happy that they didn't waste their money and Apple come out with something that was even better. So, yeah, if you pre-ordered a Pebble or getting your Pebble, I'm not even sure when they're shipping, uh, or one of the competitors, there's three, uh, two other ones out there on Kickstarter, yep, if you pledge for them... You can rest assured now that at least until October, Apple has no plans to announce anything that's in competition with the Pebble. Hey, Rob, it's Levi. Just uh, watched one of those live blogs with Gizmodo on the iPhone 5 release. Well, I can hear you already. What the frack? What the frack? On the uh, actually using the iPhone 5 name. I know you didn't really like that one. You said it definitely won't be iPhone 5. And it is out. Have a good one. Later. Levi, thanks for your feedback. Kind of, sort of. I'm over it. I'm done. Been there, done that. It's over. I got over the iPad name. I'll get over the iPhone 5 name, even though it's really the iPhone 6. So the 6th generation iPhone is now the iPhone 5. But been there, done that, over it. All right. And now that's going to go ahead and wrap us up. Again, if you have any feedback you'd like to share about today's event or any speculation or comments or something that you've seen or haven't heard about or have questions, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can record it on your iOS device and email it in to todayinios at gmail.com. And, of course, text emails can go to that address as well. Don't forget, if you want to pre-order, pre-orders are coming up here shortly, so get ready to pre-order, and the iPhone will be out on the 21st. Next episode, we'll talk about uh, that a little bit more. Hopefully, we'll know which countries are getting it on the 28th and what the rollout's going to be and where LTE is compatible in other countries. I should point out that the pre-orders, as they said, is on September 14th. That's in two days. That's just Friday. If you want to pre-order... You need to be looking online somewhere around 7, 6 or 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, somewhere before 9 a.m. Eastern Time, pre-orders will go up probably closer to 7 a.m. I'd start looking around 6 a.m., maybe even a little earlier Eastern Time if you want to pre-order in the U.S. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, and that's Audible. You can go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today on iPhone for your free audiobook download. And thanks to everyone who supported the show by purchasing the TII app. I hope you got the push notifications with the updates as the event went on today. If you do not have the TII app, it's $2.99 in the App Store. You get push notifications, let you know when a new episode and when breaking news happens. And it's just the simplest and easiest way to consume the show. Search for TII in the App Store. And that is going to go ahead and do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.